Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly O'Horo, and this is Adaptable Behavior Explained. Hi, everybody. Thanks for being here. Today, I'm here with Erin, who is the Director of First Impressions uh, for Infinite Healing and Wellness and our Client Coordinator. So he's here to talk a little bit with me about who I am and why I started this and uh, get to know you a little bit better before we kick off all the gritty content. So yeah. thanks for hanging out with me today. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. I want to have a conversation just to get to know you and yeah, let's see where it goes. So um, tell me a little bit about your background and yeah, what you're doing here. Sure. Uh, well, I was an only child. My uh, parents were together until I was 12. They divorced. And um, so I kind of ended up the latter years living with mom, single parent. Uh, my dad lived in another state. And so mm. I did a lot by myself because she was working sure. and yeah. um, found a lot of companionship and uh, activity at school. So I was involved in lots of clubs and okay. Uh, okay. sports. I played a lot of sports and sometimes I was at school, you know, till nine at night because I had so oh, many wow. activities lined up <laughs> for the day and sure. okay. so did a lot of uh, homework at school and alternating okay. the naps that I took because I was so tired in different classes. So I wouldn't miss too much content and <laughs> okay. did a lot of vending machine eating and same bringing same. stuff from you too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Didn't have you, to. I just want to do. <laughs> you do what you do. Well, I mean yeah. those honey buns, you know, oh, it's like gosh. pretty much lunch. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so. so Cool. Yeah. And then you graduated. And then, yep. Graduated um, from high school, went off to Northern Arizona university and got my bachelor's in education. Um, it was a grind. Yeah. I was in that sure. spot where there wasn't really any money given to me because I didn't meet any criteria, but there also wasn't really any money at home. So I, I definitely worked pretty hard in college. I started out, actually, I was a janitor. And so oh, wow. I cleaned Good the dorms. Nice. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was it was humility for sure. sure. Um, yeah. You know, I, I worked in the dorm that I lived in and it covered my room and board. Yeah, you gotta and do what you gotta do. It was hard at times for sure. And I worked weird hours a lot, um, but but it taught me a lot. And I, I certainly continued to be a hard worker. So I think yeah. it taught me things. And then I became an RA in college. Yes. And I think that that actually was one of the areas that showed me, you know, people will <laughs> tell you everything. <laughs> you know, people will tell me everything and yeah. they will they share connect. their stories. Yeah. yeah. So. It was definitely a time. And then, yeah, so I, I after I taught for about 15 years, I uh, taught eighth grade English and I loved it. And they were a, a great age. And I think I taught that grade because that's how old I was when my folks split. And it was just, mm. just yeah, it was Relatable. gnarly. Mm -hmm. It was a gnarly time. And so I wanted to be able to show up with my, you know, show up for those kids in ways mm. that some of my mentors were able to show up for me during such a hard time in my life. So, um so I taught for quite some time and then I went on to get my master's when I was about 30. Um, but before that, nice. I, I took a little spill and uh, took a little, had a little stint of being a flight attendant. So oh, I did wow. that. Yeah, I did that. That's for, cool. Yeah, it was, it was super fun. I got yeah. to see a lot of the country and I hadn't seen sure. anything. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I was able to bring what I experienced nice. to the classroom and I was able to utilize that. And then, you know, as you continue to, teach, you have to get continuing education sure. as part of our credentials and decided to veer into the counseling profession at about 30 and went and got my master's degree uh, wow. at University of Phoenix when I was 30. So nice. and here you are. And here we are. Awesome. Yeah. So became a therapist. Tell me why you became a therapist. What was the motivation behind that? 
Well, you know, I was at that crossroads when going back to school and I, I was either going to be going ed leadership and becoming a principal. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had four kids at home at the time. And so it was like, wow. if I'm going to be a principal, I'm going to be at school every night till whatever the sport sure. is. And, yeah, and so it, event, yeah. as much as I saw that being the route, if I remained in the teaching profession, it didn't seem to match my lifestyle because of my family demands. And so um, that was one you know, piece. But the other piece that really took, it really like encapsulated so much of my life experience. And I'll tell you a little bit about yeah. that was I was a director at a YMCA camp. I used to volunteer okay. cool. for a week, every single summer. Um, I grew up there. It was a, probably another mm. piece of why, you know, I want to give yeah, back. Is, give back yeah. yeah. They mm. were like a family to me. I, totally. you know, I made so many deep lifelong mm. friends at camp. And so I was a camp uh, director and, um, I was a ragger, a YMCA ragger. And so what that is, is uh, it's a self-improvement program. So I've been working on like healing thyself and deciding how do you want to be a better person since I was 12. When I was 12, I got my first rag and my um, Mm. goal was to be more respectful to my mom. And so, um, you know, 12 years (laughs) old, I was fighting with my mom a lot. And so that was my, my goal. And so year over year, you can go back to camp and decide to take on another goal and personal goal. And, and there's a little ceremony and you choose someone to counsel Mm -hmm. you on this, this growth that you want to have. And so every year I did that. And so back to your question about becoming a therapist, um, the white rag is actually about committing yourself, uh, your uh, a lifelong commitment to uh, basically Christian service or just service. Um, and so mm. the white rag was like, how can you give more? What can you do? And yeah. um, I always cool. felt like there was more in me. Yeah. And when I think about how people shared with me just naturally, back to being an RA in college, sure. mm-hmm a camp counselor, a camp director, people just gravitated towards sharing with me. And then as a teacher, eighth grade English, I mean, those students would tell me like everything. And I was totally poorly equipped to do anything for them or about it because I was out of my scope, you you know, know. and teachers aren't trained to Mm -hmm. handle all of this emotional and mental health stuff. But I think really the, you know, the, the driving factor was, was had a lot to do with my personal family system. Um, my husband, who I met uh, when I was a flight attendant, he was, oh, in the, cool. Yeah. Nice, cool. he was in the Navy and uh, he had been in, he, he served for 13 years and he had three small children. Oh, wow. And um, little did I know when I met him and fell in love that they had a really hard story, a really hard history. And, um, hmm. Right after our engagement, they came to they came to be in our wedding, and they had a, a pretty abusive history with their biological mom, who was mentally ill. Oh wow! Yeah, and so I spent my early twenties kind of learning how to be a mom, learning how to be a wife. Sure. My husband has a, a horrific trauma story as well, and so I had kind of front row seats to yeah really hard stuff. And what happens in attachment stories when nurture is not part of the story and and when neglect is. And like I said, my husband was in the Navy. He was out on ships for 10 years straight. So he wasn't home to be part of the parenting and protection and things and really didn't know what was going on because uh, the way uh, mom was, was she would make things look 
as they weren't when he was around. And then when he was gone, it would be different. And so my kids really, really went through it. And so, um, you know, like any parent would, we put them in counseling right away. And they spent most of their childhood seeing counselors, uh, talk therapists, and we went to the best recommended people. But because of when it was, I mean, this is, you know, over 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, 25 years ago now, people didn't really understand trauma therapy. Therapists weren't trained in it. We didn't have the luxury of understanding how approaching things from a bottom-up perspective was so much more effective when it comes to how we're built and how we're hardwired. So, uh, you know, I was trying so hard my whole life to, to repair the damage and offset the mistakes that were made before I came into the picture. Wow. They were four, six and eight. Yeah. When I got so young. Yeah. And you were young too. It was a baby. I knew nothing nothing about everything, (laughs) you know? And so I was trying, I'm like, I can be a mom. I was a teacher. I was a camp counselor. I'll be great at this. And I had no idea what, what trying to, um, trying to raise children who had had such a a horrible start, what that would be like. And Mm. no matter how much I tried, I didn't know how to repair or heal or fix what had happened to them and, or, and what didn't happen to them a lot that didn't happen as far as nurture and care. So, so anyways, my boys are amazing heroes and my husband, he is my personal hero, quite frankly, because he had a really hard story and you know, this front row seat on what it's like to be a parent and be a wife and have people that you love more than anything suffering and not being able to do anything about it. And so it's actually going to make me a little choked up. (laughs) It's hard. Yeah. So you can't fix it. You're busy trying to figure out how to fix it. So I went back to school. (laughs) Yeah. Got your degree. Yeah. Got my master's. And well, like I said, and then, um, and then, you know, I did that kind of talk therapy for a couple of years and of course got into my own therapy. And, uh, I got so far doing talk therapy, but then I kind of hit this plateau and, okay, great. You know, I'm not my mom. He's not my dad. Why do I keep acting the way I'm acting? Sure, you know, I understood right. it and I was, you, you know, I, you yeah. Know and, why, and so I, I transitioned at that point over to an EMDR therapist hey, and I mean, that, like yeah. a couple sessions, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, I can't believe how different this is because yeah. I could feel the changes happening in my body as we were doing the work and, and everything made so much more sense. And then I went through this weird experience where I felt guilty about having been a talk therapist because I spent two years doing that. And I was like, all these people are still stuck and I didn't know, and I can't seem to make anything better no matter how much I love on them and how much I'm there and validating and and using all the skills that I learned. And so I got hot soon as I, soon as I um, went to my own therapy, I was like, Oh, this is, this is the stuff. absolutely yeah. got to happen. And so yeah. I went right into the uh, basic EMDR training and started started my trauma therapy, especially career path. And it was just a fit. I mean, wow. being on that side of the couch as a client was revolutionary for me and how I could conceptualize cases. And also just knowing what we're asking of our clients as therapists and what we're expecting of them and having it, having the opportunity to... Um, really help people to create lifelong, meaningful change. Like I was experiencing really reinvigorated me and made me feel so, um, 
purposeful and relevant and excited. And so, I mean, the rest is history when it comes to my passion for this topic, for sure. Absolutely. We'll get into that too. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. So you became a trauma therapist. Yeah. Okay. So what next? What happened after that? Um, well, I opened infinite healing and wellness about a little over two years in As soon as I got my license, I was ready to open infinite and we are an EMDR center for excellence here in Arizona. We've got a location in Gilbert and in Phoenix. And over the years, we've uh, cultivated a culture where we have, you know, 18 therapists at this point that are EMDR specialists. Yeah. Yeah, We've had the luxury of helping, you know, many thousands of people heal on their journeys of becoming their best selves. And, uh, of course I've taken my passion from EMDR therapy and uh, my teaching history and melded them together. So now I do a lot of consultation and training and help other therapists become better therapists. So that's kind of what I've been doing with my heart and passion for EMDR along with raising my family and, Mm -hmm. Along the way, having now five grandchildren and my awesome oh, son. Awesome. So yeah. very busy with my wonderful family and love, love that the most, of course, yeah. first. But, um, but career-wise, I've been plugging plug in, uh, into teaching. Mm-hmm. And, Essentially, and, yeah. Yeah. So you, were, you started your own business, Infinite. Yep. So now you're wanting to start a podcast. So right. tell me about that. What's your vision behind that? Well, let's see. Uh, I'm always looking for a challenge, but I think primarily what motivates it is I can't even count how many hundreds of clients that I've had that have said after their first or second session, everything makes so much more sense. Or why didn't we learn this in school? Or how come no one ever told me this? Or even more heartbreaking, you know, you have a 65 year old client and they've had a 30 year marriage and they're like, had I known this stuff, everything would have been so different in my whole life. And so there's grief about that. So honestly, um, I wanted to be able to provide a platform where I can teach about things that I teach my clients in a way that's accessible. You know, not everybody can afford therapy or maybe not everybody's ready, or maybe even sometimes just having the education about how we work and how we show up. Absolutely, That's enough to help cultivate change and meaningful, uh, uh, awareness in Mm -hmm. our lives and in our relationships. And so my hope is that people can tune in and not that this is a replacement for therapists by therapy by any means, but that they can get some of the educational components that really should be taught in school starting young, because we learn from our caregivers and let's be honest, most of our caregivers are doing the very best they can with what they know. And most of them don't know about this topic. They don't understand mental health. They don't understand that it's not separate trauma. Yeah, yeah, from physical health. Right, so right. ultimately, I want to have a platform to help educate, to help people cool. uh, grow, to help people get excited and learn yeah. something new and um, just kind of pay forward what I've been so fortunate to experience in my own personal therapy for a decade now. Yeah, and then what I I've learned that. from the and the gifts of getting to to have my clients teach me so much over the last you know 13 years Absolutely. of doing this. So I want to share it with the world. Yeah, like it, it seems right. Seems yeah. like the thing you're supposed to do, right? Thank you. So you're starting a podcast. Um, what can viewers expect from this and what themes and topics do you want to explore with them? Um, you know, although I'm an expert in trauma therapy, I'm really hoping to bring an authentic, compassionate amalgamation of both my personal life experience, the lived experience of my clients that I'm so lucky to listen to every day, um, 
the education and the training that yeah. I've been um, been through and kind of bridge a lot of that together. And so I want to talk about marriage and relationships and dating and, you know, parenting and right. adoption and depression and anxiety and, you know, EMDR therapy and how yeah. that's so effective and helpful. Uh, mindfulness. I really, I don't really think any topics necessarily off limit yeah. Is, yeah. limits as long as it relates to the human condition how we show sure. up, why we show up the way we do. Yeah. And if there's things that we can talk about to help make that better for people so that they can have like a new way of thinking, they can adopt mm -hmm. a more uh, wholehearted approach right. to their Holistic lives. framework, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and really just be able to um, improve and, yeah. and ultimately getting back to the most original selves that we were meant to be before things happened that, helped us to adapt in ways that may or may not be very helpful. Sure, so sure. hopefully they can learn about that and, yeah, and, and even maybe start the process of unshaming ourselves when we do things or we act in ways that we're not proud of and have that be almost a relief that maybe they don't need to. Yeah. That's, that's exciting. That's the That'd start. Cool. That's the hope. All right. So those are awesome topics. I'm excited to hear about those. Can you give us an example maybe of something specific that our viewers can expect and that would really resonate with them and, Something that they'll like? Yeah, um, for sure. You should see my podcast planner. I'm like, oh, that could be an episode. You know, and I'm in there you know, typing up something. I'm so, there's so many things to talk about. There's, I get so many ideas every day that I work with someone and they, you know, they have their aha moments. And I'm like, this is just a mm. lack of data. They just didn't know. And they're smart, yeah. adaptive, well-educated people. Sure. And they just didn't get taught this stuff. So um, one, one is, I mean, I think that one of the most important episodes needs to be on emotions and okay. how we're wired, how it's sure. chemical. You know, this yeah, is, this should work. be taught in, in biology in school. And it's not, it's like we totally. skip the yeah, thing the that mental health side. Yeah. yeah. Like we skip the thing that runs at all. The, the computer is the brain and we're like, right. Eh, side note. Right. Like inside out, the movie, <laughs> right. it feels yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. we really need access to that. So I think we'll do an episode on emotions, how we're work. We'll talk about some researchers um, cool. that have really informed the topic um, and mental health and, and just the biology and the neurobiology of, of humans. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah. That'd be really uh, cool. Yeah. But so that's just one idea of something that I would want to bring awareness to and give us a new framework to, to, to interact and, and move through the world with, awesome. with other humans. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you, Kelly, for talking with us and having a conversation. I'm excited to see what's coming forward. I'm excited to do this. And I really appreciate you taking some time to give me a hand with this and Absolutely. bring our viewers a little bit about yeah. what they can expect from, from our new project. So heck yeah. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. I really appreciate your time. And don't forget to like and subscribe and please share to pay it forward if you think this is an area that people can learn from and heal from. And don't forget to lead with love. It'll never steer you wrong. Thank you.